Shut up, I love it. Uh, you're not a space ranger. You're got brain fog, Buzz. Shut up. I love it. Major spoilers in this intro. <laughs> Did you think that was Tom Hanks for a second? I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, whoa, is that Tom Hanks? Did they get him? But it's not. It's just me. And I'm here with Sasha Feiler. And I'm here with Joe Cabello. And this is a <laughs> podcast when we invite a special guest. To talk about something underrated, underappreciated, forgotten, misunderstood, under rotten tomato, and uh, anything, anything. We, we're open to it all. Bring all your dirt or your nasty shit to this mm-hmm. podcast. We, we sort through it. We'll pull gold earrings out of your pile of shit. Is that a folklore that I'm? I'm sure it must be. But I, yeah, I, it's it must not coming be. To mind. It must be somewhere. It's part of like the a pile of shit that they pulled uh, gold earrings out of. <laughs> gold earrings. Joining us today, he's a writer, comedian, he is a returning guest. Welcome, Jonathan McDonald. Thanks for having me. Of course, you're you just wander in to here <laughs> at this point. You're like the, the uncle who lives with us. I want to be very clear. When I when I talked about this movie with Sasha, I was only making a personal recommendation for a movie I thought she would like. Uh, I was not <laughs> trying to wheedle my way. If I were to read it out loud, it has a little bit of subtext. And I'm uh, great at subtext as a uh, television writer. So... I know what you really wanted, and you got it. I granted it to you. You're here. I'll shut up. I love it. I guess there's no point in pretending anymore. I got what I wanted. The three timers, uh, right? <laughs> That's true. Very few. Very few uh, of such. I think there's only uh, four people that have been here three times each. Mm-hmm. Not, for not, the stats. Not, yeah. They're going to shut up. I love it. Dot stats. Mm-hmm. And it's a website that has all of our, our stats like that. Yeah. It. It's Squarespace. I paid $99 a <laughs> year to just keep that one going. It's very simple. Like literally anybody could make that one. Yeah. Well, we would love it if you'd visit it. <laughs> but Jonathan, what are, are we here, here to, to talk, talk about, about? Squarespace. What's happening? I'm here to talk about Joe versus the Volcano, mm. which is a movie from the 90s, which I didn't hear about. I didn't know it existed until like a week ago, and I watched it, and I was kind of instantly in love with it. And I looked it up, and people don't love it as much as I do. Although I think it's becoming more of a cult as time passes. Mm-hmm. But apparently it almost ruined um, Tom Hanks's career. Wow, that's crazy. Because I was talking to my yeah. mom, like, have you heard this movie? She's like, yeah, didn't that suck? And like, no! <laughs> She's you never seen it. You are kind of uh, the... The Auroraboros, is that the snake that eats itself? Robbers. Yeah, Auroraboros. Um, because you are, you brought on this thing, but you also are the person who experienced this thing the way our guests might. Yes. Because you were like, oh, it's, it is something that is a kind of a cult classic. It's Tom Hanks. And then you didn't even know. Now here you are. It's kind of very strange. I wouldn't be surprised if you lips didn't pucker onto your butt and eat yourself by the end of this podcast well, it's I... all about piles of shit and eating your out of your own butt this episode so welcome bring your children over i mean make them listen this podcast is starting in a way similar to the movie there's a lot of gross sad imagery that that must True. be it so jonathan what's the deal rotten tomatoes again it says 63 percent. not too bad not too bad yeah. right but the I... history with this movie i think is where it's really bad yeah, because, yeah, like, I, what made you watch it? I wish I remembered. Someone, so someone told me, I don't know what I heard about it, but what I knew about it. 
Yeah, could have, yeah. no. Was, you got to stop living with those college roommates. <laughs> uh, but so going into it, I knew it was about a guy who's a terminal illness and throws himself in a volcano. And I thought that sounds kind of like, uh, like a good, like, like what's the meaning of life kind of movies, like like a mm-hmm. like a big fish or um, Brazil or something. And so that's kind of what I wanted to watch. And I think I kind of got that. Yeah, and Tom Hanks, I'm sure you're like, okay. Tom Hanks, I, yeah. I should probably pick this up. He's very cute in it. He's like in the prime of cuteness, like as far as cuteness goes. Once he loses that mullet. Mm-hmm. Mm, so the good. mullets, even there's something charming about the, That's his true. doughy <laughs> face with the mullet. Just his like sick, depressed face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you were kind of like, here is uh, Mr. Tom Hanks. Gotta yeah. watch it. And I want to see Papa if Hanks. it'll be sad or not. I thought it might be had like a real sad, depressing ending as he has in the mood for that okay mo- oh, like wow. a ai artificial intelligence or a bicentennial man was like this is not a good movie but it makes me cry anyway <laughs> very heartbreaking bad movies yeah <laughs> and not not just because they're bad movies uh, sasha is th- has this movie been on your radar at all very interesting it's a very interesting question i'm glad you asked so we usually was- do <laughs> <laughs> so it was not on my ra- radar at all. Like it was zero dar, like zero dar. And then last Saturday, we're talking two days ago, one of the students in my televisionary class, scriptanatomy.com, check it out. She says to another student in class, you should watch Joe versus the volcano because the beginning of this movie very much like the tone of your pilot that you're writing. And I said, funny that you say that, Dia Frampton. Because I am about to watch this masterpiece. And she said, I really like it. I highly recommend it. So it was almost like reverse heard about it. I heard about it from Jonathan. And then as I was getting ready to familiarize myself with it, I heard about it again. From the uh, musician Dia Frampton? Yeah. Do you know her? Yeah. Big fan of her and her sister's music. Oh, great. Uh, I should bring her on the podcast. She's she's great. I used to go to a bunch of their shows, (laughs) conversed with them. Big fan. Huge fan. That's uh, shocking because I well, but also I don't know music. Like you can put me in the in the room yeah. with uh, um, <laughs> with Keith music. Richards. I'm so bad <laughs> that I was gonna say Guy Richards, that, but I meant Keith Richards. Um, and I'll be like, I I don't I don't know who you are, old man. But I'm surprised you're alive. That that's me. seems like your issue is just that you're rude. It's <laughs> not that you don't know music. You're just going up to old men and saying, I don't know you. Why are you alive? So, Anyway, here we are. Um, yeah, it was calling future to episodes, you. Future episodes uh, for <laughs> for Shut Up, I Love It. Everybody, check it out. Dear Frampton, coming on this podcast. Joe, have you heard of Joe? Joe, have you heard of Joe? Period versus period volcano. Oh. And we're, we'll definitely be talking about the name, at least in brief, um, of this movie for me and that connection. But this is one of those weird movies where... I have known about it, I feel like, my entire life, even though it came out a few years after I was born, but, you know, my waking life, and never watched it. Always saw it on the VHS shelves, but just missed it. I think I always put it in this um, category of Tom Hanks movies that I didn't connect with, and I didn't really have any... He wasn't my Tom Hanks at that point. Um, So, I've kind of gone back and watched some older Tom Hanks movies, like even big. I haven't watched a lot, even though I, I appreciate and respect it. It's just not like, it's still always not that exciting era of Tom Hanks for me. 
I'm a Toy Story Hanks. Uh, a boy toy Hanks is what I call it. <laughs> um, and so I was actually excited to watch it for this, to especially watch it with a keen eye instead of just, you know, let me get this over with one day uh, background watch. So this was my first time watching it. Well, um, I was going to ask the follow-up question. Was it your last time watching it? But oh I will not. My because I know how much you like to um, tease us. We'll cock teasing. I I like that... to discuss the movie for its merits and faults, and then come to a summation. Later. As if there is any objective way for anybody to discuss anything, anything. <laughs> it's objective to me. No, <laughs> Jonathan. Um, how many times have you seen this film? Just zero, one time, one time. That's zero, I, one time. I, I watched it last week for the first time, and I rewatched it today for oh, the podcast because I'm a professional. You're insane! That, that is, is so professional. This is what gets you three times. <laughs> Even when it's your, you've just recently saw it. You still watched it twice. This is so ha- makes me so well, happy. I I take notes every time, and then I never get to any of these things because, like, I, I for some reason I take notes as if we're gonna do like a shot by shot breakdown of the movie. That's not what this podcast is, but I'm like prepared for it just in case. I used to be you. I used to be you back in the day, like seven months yeah. ago. I used to be that Loved person, it. and you know what? It doesn't pay off. But hey, maybe you just take a little look look see, and uh, something will. Uh, pop up in your head and um, it would be worth mentioning. Well, yeah. I'd say, yeah, let's get into even just to start w- the greatest the entry point is, yeah, give the premise. And then I want your opinion on why this uh, is a shut up. I love it. Why it didn't connect with people. Yeah. So the premise is uh, Tom Hanks plays Joe Banks, which I think was been a deliberate casting choice. And he is a hypochondriac who hates his job and he gets whatever he hypochondriac dreams of a a diagnosis of a terminal illness where he's going to die in five months uh at which point a rich man contacts him and says more or less i need you to jump into a volcano if you do i'll make your last five months of life you know pretty good pretty much worth living because you're broken just sitting in this apartment by yourself and so he agrees uh, and he ends up going on this pretty fantastic journey of um voyage to throw himself into the volcano and it's it's i guess I think it's kind of leading into why I think it's a uh, shut up. I love it is I it's hard to put this movie into a specific genre. Um, like looking at mm. what I'm looking at, it says it's a sci-fi comedy, uh, which I don't agree with. Like I'd say it's <laughs> I more of a not agree with this. <laughs> there's no sci-fi at all. In my opinion, um, it's more of it's at, at best. It's a rom-com like a rom-com, maybe a little satirical. I it's, it's kind of yeah. Kafka-esque. Kafka-esque. Yeah, I mean, I kind of describe it as Brazil with a heart. Mm. Like, it's it's very um, surreal at times, but Mm -hmm. kind of charming and very goofy. And so I think this inability to be easily defined, uh, I I don't know what the previews for this were like in the 90s, but I bet a lot of audiences just didn't know what to, like, expect in this movie. And so they either didn't care to go see it, or they went to see it and didn't get what they expected. And it just kind of upset people, is my hunch. And, and you, I believe you are correct that it had a notably just like, hey, it's a rom-com, standard rom-com, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie for the trailers. And then really within the first 10 minutes, it's so surreal and such <laughs> a yeah, strange experience uh, that, and it does kind of shake away from that, in my opinion, yes. to its detriment. But 
Um, yeah, it starts out so weird. And a little fact that uh, I read on the interwebs here mm. is when you know when he's quitting, he's getting his stuff and he has all the books, Romeo and Juliet, Robinson Crusoe, The Odyssey. Uh, that's basically what the movie is, is what they say. Mm. Is the first third is Romeo and Juliet, then it's Robinson Crusoe, then it's The Odyssey. I don't know how much I agree with that or how much it's meant to be it's dis- that disjointed direct. enough to be. Is each of those supposed like to be like uh, for, like a different Meg Ryan? Because there's three Meg Ryans in this movie. I wonder so if she's supposed Meg to be Ryans. one from They're each all book. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I believe that's like kind of loosely Got what it. the movie's doing. I don't think it's doing that so tightly, but I don't yeah. think you could and still have a good movie. There's some uh, nice symbolism in this movie that tries to like you know make things full circle. Like the path he walks into work is this weird lightning bolt pattern, and the path he walks into the volcano is this weird lightning bolt pattern. But I don't really know what it means. Like there's, there's you a couple saw of these that like, or you patterns. read about it. No, I saw it in the movie. Oh. Aw, look at you noticing patterns. <laughs> well, it is very striking, that whole first scene when he is going to work. And even just the idea of what could have be a straight line to work is this <laughs> horrific pattern. is just heartbreaking along with everything else that's happening in that scene. Um, but I wonder if uh, there is a parallel to what he's doing up the volcano. He is serving the man and a boss. He just doesn't know it. That's yeah, true. Maybe there is that just visually they're bringing that in. Spoilers, yeah. everybody. Spoilers. Like By how happy do you think this ending is? Cause that, that also could be what audiences may or may not like, like the actual ending. I don't, I don't know how happy it is. Well, I mean, they, it's unresolved almost feels like it feels like <laughs> yeah. it's another scene. Like well, I where... feel like the movie's given us enough good faith to believe they'll just, they'll survive. Everything's fine. That's probably true. But I also meant just the fact that, like, oh, this whole thing was orchestrated by her father. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> and if you want revenge about now. It? Should we just go to credits, or do we need to talk about it some more? Need some closure uh, on that. My answer is we need to talk about it some more. I'd like that. But I also kind of would have liked it if he had just died in the volcano. I think that would have been an interesting ending. <laughs> you did. You'd start with, you opened with this. You said That's this, what I expected. You wanted so, a depressing ending. Have you ever seen the Tom Hanks film? It's like his fifth like build IMDb thing, um, mazes and monsters. No, no, but it's... I'll have to immediately untitle. Bye, it and we're back. <laughs> so it's uh, good, pretty good. This is a brief right. aside on this completely different movie, but um, this is kind of around the D and D scare, and people are like, oh, D and D's the devil, and so it's about these people who play Dungeons and Dragons and kind of LARP like back in the eighties, and. Uh, it's supposed to loosely be based on a true story, but it's very much fictitious. And it basically just ends with Tom Hanks in an insane asylum, unable to tell the difference between real life and D&D and just like permanently stuck in his character. And it's sad and depressing. That's kind of what I thought this was going to be another ending oh. like that. I like the, the sound of that, actually. <laughs> like, it's very like low budget. Oh, it's, uh, oh. I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say I fun. Like, I like a high budget. I like, like a medium high budget. <laughs> not too low, not super high. When it's too glossy, like, yeah, totally. Like a like a B minus to B plus budget, and I'm happy. I'm a happy camper, budget wise. Uh, it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it out there. Uh, so send us your uh, your budgets in those tier movies, future guests. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, what do we need to discuss? We need to discuss Meg Ryan. First of all, she's adorable in this film. Like all such, three of her, yeah, yeah. And there's so there's three Meg Ryans playing. Like there's Meg Ryan playing three different characters, 
and it feels like as if she's playing the same character like not the way she's playing of course she's playing them very differently but story-wise it's like as if the story love story was always about that one woman do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like it's they're all serving the same he uh, says kind of thread he says the same thing to at least the first and the third meg ryan where he says uh the first time i saw you i felt like i'd seen you before because all women are the same <laughs> With, all Meg Ryan. He's a dirtbag. <laughs> uh, you know what that gave me such vibes of, of? At least the first time, or actually maybe it's even the second time he says it. Who knows? Um, but it gave me such big Cloud Atlas vibes. I was like, mm. does this take place in the Cloud Atlas universe? That would be great. Tom where he has, been, he has met her before. Mm-hmm. And just his delivery of it, you're like, oh man, you've always been Tom Hanks. You've just like... That you are you, aren't you? And that's what he's good at, motherfucker. You speak the true, true. <laughs> the true, true. So oh my god! Shout out to Cloud around. Atlas. Yeah. Oh my and, god. Uh, but yeah, that was the most like. If there's one thing I really didn't like about this movie, is was like no matter what symbolism it served, it's having. And I'm not saying from a feminist point of view, even. I'm just saying from like because you're not consuming. one. Because I am, but I'm separating myself from story, consum- like story. I'm like watching the movie, y'all. And uh, and not even getting into the um, didactic stuff. I was just like, what is going on? Why is he like in love with this woman? Like, So they're setting up like, oh, they have to get together. The one who works in the office with him. Then he meets this other woman who spends some good amount of time with her as they're setting up, getting up on the voyage. So then it seems like all oh, it's a juxtaposition between these two women. But no, wait, there's a third woman. For no reason, She, I mean, except for the symbolism slash whatever other might reasons might be, she replaces the second woman and becomes... like The second and third woman could have been the same woman the whole time. I, uh, I do think they operate in slightly different functions and places. Slightly is the key word here. It, it is not a, but I think that might be the problem of them being sisters, but it's almost like three women at different stages of where he's at or like uh, where he w- is not is more the thing. The first girl's not ready to kind of break away and see the life is bullshit. And the other girl, she sees the life is bullshit, but she's still playing her father's games. And then the third one is ready to release with him and by release you mean <laughs> jump into release. his volcano <laughs> and i do have Except to know old volcano <laughs> the uh, her volcano uh speaking of her volcano meg ryan saying joe in so many different ways and <laughs> accents i mean i would watch the movie again just to get that experience she's like adorable like oh my god and so, like, it, the three performances are really fun to see her do. Because mm-hmm. she's just kind of like, if her first character is great, but it's not very meaty. It kind of is kind of a stupid character. But then you say, oh, you get to be these two other characters and you're doing a different thing. She's having a fucking blast on this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Tom Hanks feels about this movie as I'm watching it. Who anybody else feels. She's having a better time than anybody else. Because she's just like... I mean, she just can heighten anything. Like, it's like SNL level. Like, she's doing characters. And they're really watchable. Like, really fun on mm-hmm. her. Like, they stand. They're just there. They're, they're edging. 
in other words like, like <laughs> they're edging so they're not beyond the edge where they become just too much for where you're spent you know exactly you're just, you're they're leaked. just they're just they're just right there and very loud and very fun i and really I, like that i think that's true for almost the whole cast not just meg ryan like a lot of the actors in this film are making some pretty big character choices. Like uh, Amanda Plummer's character Dagmar on the boat, just doing some weird kind of Russian thing. I don't know what. Or the um, Nathan Lane as like the the tribal chieftain guy. Oh, the problematic. Tri- problematic. <laughs> that whole, yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting end. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, that's the, probably the reason people might um, rightfully get upset with this movie is the ending right because here's the my second problem well here's another thing my second problem with the movie except for meg ryan playing three different characters for no reason in my mind in my mind you know tell me i'm wrong i'm wrong um (laughs) so i don't it's not joe versus the volcano right it's something else this movie which we can all i love here you're takes on how it's about the man finding who he is and accepting life and instead of like living the the lie like totally get it like we're all you know our mushrooms now we know what we're talking about but it's like not the movie though versus joe versus the volcano he's barely at the volcano barely and you can tell me that's the reason that's a good thing but i'm like no i think at least at midpoint he should have been at the volcano yeah like in godzilla vs. verse king kong if king kong shows up in the last five minutes you're you're pissed <laughs> that's that's what i felt like that's what i felt like i'm like you where's wanted the more volcano, volcano. You where's need to the volcano? more you need Dante's peak. <laughs> that's the movie you wanted this is not that just don't name it jewel versus the volcano which is a great name but it just doesn't it's more like um Joe's voyage, voyage. I'm sorry, I'm saying this in French. The French do, but you know what I mean. Joe and three. Women. Joe's Odyssey. Joe's Odyssey, great, mm. but wouldn't sell tickets. Joe versus the volcano. Even twelve year olds want to see this film. Well, and what is your favorite section? Because there, I feel like there's three distinct sections, um, like when he uh, leaves and the boat trip is the second section everything before that's the first then they get on the island and that's the third section felt like they're not totally different movies but kind of there's some especially very, the first yeah some pretty strong tonal shifts so i think as a section i i really liked the the, the scene where he goes shopping but that might just be because it's the first like scene where he's happy like up until that point in the movie it's like him just being dark and dim and so it's fun to see him like just have fun but my like single favorite scene, I love the fishing scene on the boat where he just fishes with a goofy like shark and it like, flaps his eyes at him in a weird way. That scene makes me laugh every time I see it. I guess both times I've seen it. So are you a fan of that? The, the middle section, the seaborn Robinson Crusoe section? Uh, I do. I do like it. I, I like, I like the, the storm scene is also really, really cool, I think. Like I'm gonna stay with the engine, and then like the lightning hits and it blows up and sinks. Like it's it's cool. Um, although I think like Meg Ryan during that scene is not the most entertaining because she's just like throwing herself at him for no reason. I felt like. Mm-hmm. Both like oh, your first no time reason. sleeping on a ship? Did you sleep with my sister? It's like who, mm-hmm. what is this? What's happening what is this? right what, now? <laughs> what horny guy wrote this line? Yeah, we'll find out because we're gonna get on Wikipedia <laughs> and find out, but not now. John Patrick Shanley. Uh, shout out, fan of the show. Or Sean. Take it back. Uh, no, John Patrick Shanley. Yes. Sean Patrick Shanley, not a friend of the show. John, mm, total a, friend. Yeah. Have strong distinction. Played by the same person. 
Meg Ryan. Um, yeah, Sasha, what's your favorite section of the movie? My favorite section is the first section, no fucking question. From the beginning yeah, until totally. they're about to like, like until the end of the New York shopping slash hanging out sequence. Like yeah. when they get ready to get on the boat, the moment the new woman appears, like I'm like, this tone's changing. It's a different movie. You know how I keep talking shit about tone changes in the movies. I don't like it. It better be really, really makes sense to me. My brain cannot handle a tone change. Um, and I just like love the Kafkaesque-ness of it all in the, in the first, you know, invitation to beheading or whatever it might be. But it has that darkness that I really appreciate in books. And it, fe- it felt like um, it was a great portrayal of that in the movie and i feel like it did inspire a lot of like i can't remember the indie movie that i really like but it has the same tone that came out like early 2000s but there's like a few indie movies that was zach galifianakis remember that one where he wears glasses (laughs) anyways sounds a very strong hook here's the thing (laughs) y'all it's zach galifianakis you know of hangover bugging glasses (laughs) Uh, they sold that show, a movie right away. But no, it's I. I mean, it is a certain tone, right? That that's why Dia, like aforementioned Dia, um, musician slash student uh, of mine. But like she said, like right away, she's like, you gotta watch Joe the Volcano because it's like the one tone that you know exactly what she's talking about there. Um, so that's my favorite section. What about you, Joe? No, I'm totally on board with that. I wish, I wish, because uh, I did like the shopping section as well, but. It's that's when it starts to depart from like its satire. And I wish it would have done that, but let's make the good as kind of goofy, bombastic and blunt as the bad was in the first part. Mm -hmm. That maybe could have been a Mm -hmm. cool movie of seeing this guy kind of tethered by his old life in this really extreme way because it is very blunt, but it's also fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the the production design is great. The boss is mm-hmm. so funny where he's so just like, funny. if I said that, I'm wrong. It's, <laughs> and it's brilliant. This I know he can like get the job, but can he do the job? No, this is the brilliant minimalist, like Ionescu or like it's like a theater, like almost absurdist performance. Like this is like with real fucking art. Like I was I'm like watching it's music. a masterpiece. Yeah. Which it doesn't work well for you, Sasha. No, but because I do not. My, <laughs> you my don't brain understand does not it. understand music. It just hears this noise. Yeah. But it's like there's this musical quality to the first mm-hmm. section mm-hmm. where it's like you Literally. have the, the people. There is music there. So. <laughs> but everything from the way the images are bouncing, it just like is pure cinema. And I think the rest kind of goes into adventure movie and romance movie. And it's like, no, you gave us this really cool thing. And I love like that scene of romance. Um uh, when uh, the first Meg Ryan, the co-worker Meg Ryan, that the one I think is actually the most deserving of his love, just saying, uh, even though like she couldn't handle him admitting that he's about to die in five months, but I feel like he just fair. needed to give her... You well, just he think needed... she's the cutest. I think like they had a, like a work crush for such a long time. They did. I mean, he said that he would hear the movement, the crinkling of her clothes. Oh, that was a little creepy. A little creepy, even for Tom. Hanks. I I think I he built her, like, it up. Sugar well. on my tongue. He was really losing it. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. I'm gonna use those lines. <laughs> it's Please. yeah. Go I mean, ahead. I'm was, Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. That I could taste you like the sugar on my tongue right now, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, that line is amazing 
it's Maybe. amazing like it's amazing it's just it's just so uh, condensed and like like conic and just and just powerful and he's doing such a great job of it and so for me like that relationship is was deserving of like to wait for a week maybe she will come back to her senses she realized that she needs to talk to him again or whatever no like he disappears from the picture but i love that restaurant scene the one time they do go out it's a like, great just scene watching them i was like i just couldn't take my eyes off them both of them fucking like you like what that's what a movie star looks like like they're doing crazy bonkers characters but they're at the same time so grounded and so specific it's not like a broad Mm-hmm. Nothing against SNL, but it's not a broad SNL performance. It's like a very contained broadness, and I just like fucking loved it. Loved yeah, it. that scene. I would watch that date scene again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I did watch it twice. Yeah, you rewind, rewound it. Well, because say uh, Joe a lot of times. She to- says it a lot, <laughs> and I was recording them, and I couldn't get enough time of them to really get to my peak. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, of the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> no eruption. We lost. We lost half of our audience and our list. Uh, our guest. <laughs> so Jonathan, I mean, but like, you, you said you love the scene with the fish, right? Like, did you say you like love that whole section as they're in the ocean through the moon, or like, which moon is, by the way, is a great scene, of course. Yeah, I love um, the moon scene, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like most of this in this movie. I definitely agree with, like, the beginning of the movie being the most compelling. Um, like, I kind of wish they'd stayed in that more satirical, like, poignant world a little longer. But mm-hmm. there was some relief at the same time to leave it and be, like, a little more carefree. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wish point. he took the cab driver on that journey. That would have been so... He had, he had a family. Amazing. He couldn't even join him for dinner. But, yeah, like, that guy was great. He had a family. But I'm like, dude, like, I could... Here's the thing. For a while, it was such a, like, sequencing going on of the script where it was the first thing, like, oh, Joe is trying to find out what's happening to him. Oh, he's in trouble. Joe is um, trying to, like, uh, figure it out with his co-worker, the lady. Oh, that didn't work out. The guy shows up. Joe is about to, like, get on the journey. Okay, that ends. He gets on the journey. So everything was very, like, almost like mini movies within, like, vignettes yeah. within. Um, yeah. I forgot. My single favorite character is mm. the luggage salesman. I love that guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> you just, that's a movie. That guy, he put enough in that performance that he could have his own oh, movie. It's just, it's he's I, so intense. Like, I'm gonna I have say, thought about nothing more in my life than luggage. <laughs> I'm going to say right away that, and this is a strong statement, and come at me, haters. He stole the scene from Tom Hanks, from Tom, yeah. mm. middle name Hank, Hanks. He stole it. Yeah. May you live he to be a thousand it. years old, sir. He fucking <laughs> like, steamrolled that fucker. Like, he steamrolled the fuck, and nobody cared about Tom <laughs> Hanks anymore. And, he, and then he lives on through the movie, through the luggage, the ever-present <sighs> luggage. So It was not to be cut saving. out, that scene, ever. Was it? Hmm. Mm. you could never cut it out that scene you know what i mean like yeah it, it needs the luggage yeah yeah like it's that was so revealing the guy when he read the script right probably like because he's like i'm a uh, secondary character they can always cut out that scene who needs that scene but you need the fucking luggage like mm-hmm. it's big deal <gasps> that guy was probably the best oh better than Tom i think Hanks. he is good <laughs> not gr- so th- the worst part of the movie though is the end 
for sure well, the island uh, yeah oh yeah the, the whole sequence and then i think i couldn't quite get past all the white actors playing natives even though like it's to be expected they but try to set it up in an explanatory way and it just doesn't work Mm-mm. it doesn't don't even try at that point but um beyond that it's just a little like it feels second acty in the like mm-hmm. third part of the movie. You're yeah, like, like a this fun is and all, games. Yeah, <laughs> like this, like this is all fun stuff. But what the fuck is the movie about, and <laughs> why aren't stakes being raised at this point? Yeah, because like there's like a whole montage of him like getting ready. It's like it's just it's just a montage of him getting slapped with fish and having his toes sucked, and there's like a weird <laughs> weird. There stuff is some happening. funny stuff there. I did laugh. I laughed a, few a times, little bit, but, but it still feels a little like. And the music, I mean. As offensive as it might have been, the cultural mesh of music, I did find it appealing, like, to my ears. I thought it was kind of cool. To hear, like, a tribal version of, like, Johnny Comes Marching Home or whatever. And to me, it just sounded like my AC turned on. (laughs) What else is on your list, Jonathan? What else do you got going on? The storm has a star next to it, because I... I, A storm scene, to me... So, I I have a... Mostly, it's a list of movies that this movie reminds me of. It's like Brazil for the beginning, Mm -hmm. crossed with Office Space a little bit. Um, so there's some Ferris Bueller elements. Uh, so for like the storm scene, I kind of have the life aquatic with Steve Zizou written down because (laughs) of just like, obviously because it's on the ocean, but like just kind of the way the boat sinks, where there's a lot, a lot of it is just looking at Tom Hanks's reaction. I feel like Wes Anderson does that a lot where his action sequences happen mostly off camera and just see people look at them and there's like lighting Mm -hmm. effects happening. But kind of running with that. And in terms of the castaway when he's on the raft for forever. And that took too long. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I just really like the montage of character actors doing really strong choices, which is why I recommended it to you because I thought that's the part you'd appreciate the most. But instead, I brought you on this podcast because I do not watch movies for the enjoyment of it. I did want to talk about Meg Ryan number two because there's certain ports of this mo- parts of this movie that seemed kind of uh, really aggressively um, like quirky and I didn't know mm-hmm. if it was like cynical and therefore like oh like oh, okay you're making a point or like it's actually just like missing the mark because like, I'm a flipperty gibbet and like I can't tell if that's supposed to be because your your character is supposed to be dumb or if like it's supposed to, to make you endearing because it's not <laughs> both no it's both it's both dumb it's and... both yeah yeah I mean you as as much as, you know, this movie might be smart in other ways, it might be still unkind to women as the era yeah, yeah. was. Women uh, or sure. people of color. Well, what are you going to do? Most movies on Shut Up, I Love It have that element going for <laughs> There's a reason There's a reason not like, yeah. And aren't loved. Uh, but yeah, I would say this movie is just some of the best scenes ever. But then just a way too many uh, whatever scenes. And I wonder if, like, you couldn't really do this, but I wonder if they switched it around to, like, spread out those wonderful scenes <laughs> instead hmm. of jamming them into the beginning. Uh, and then there's some moments throughout. But it really is unfortunate because I think I would tell anybody, like, watch the movie. Just if halfway through you're bored, that's okay. Turn it off. You got the best part, but you have to see the first, like, at True. least third. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you turn the film off once he gets on the boat, you I don't think you'd miss a lot. I mean, I, I like the fishing scene, but that's the only... That's, that's it. 
And, that, and it's also really goofy. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't say, you have to see the fishing scene. It just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a pleasant scene to you. It's a good physical comedy bit that has no stakes at all. <laughs> yeah, this movie basically just is kind of a long, like, bad joke, too. Where it's just like, imagine being told in a bar, like, oh, there was this guy. He said, the doc said he was going to die. And then you spend ten minutes talking about this adventure in the volcano. And then you're like... And his doc was paid by his boss. Ah! And everyone would like throw their beer at you. So on this, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't I, really I would not have been surprised if it had ended up being like a dream sequence where it just ends with him like mm-hmm. being having his name called in the doctor's office waiting room or something like that. That would have been stronger. <laughs> Joe. How do ratings work on this podcast? All right. This is how ratings work. We're going to rate Joe versus the volcano on a scale of zero to magma. No, we're not. <laughs> zero to ten using something else as a reference. So it could be something like uh, another movie like The Life Aquatic is a ten and this movie is a one because it doesn't have Steve Zizu. Or it could be um, Human Sacrifice is a one and this movie is a ten. It could be anything... We really want it to. Isn't that right? I'd say so. All right. Yeah. And if that is too hard to figure out, we will go first. Now, I forgot mine. I have to remember mine. So in an unprecedented moment, Sasha, you're going to go first. Yeah, I'll go first. And I have no idea what I'm going to compare it to. So I will figure it out as we go. Um, so I, you know, for some reason, and it's got to be a reason, right? Like my subconscious mind keeps thinking about the movie the fly for no good reason like it just keeps thinking the fly the fly the fly it's almost like a (laughs) a victim of circumstances becomes like an extraordinary uh uh character engine to this plot of this crazy movie i don't know the fly i would say is a nine and if the fly is a nine Joe versus the volcano is, uh, you know, a seven. Here's the thing. Just stop it halfway. Stop it and move on with life. But do watch the first half. I agree. Like with everybody, all of us, I think, agree that the first half was so good. You got to watch it. So a seven, I think, is like a strong enough recommendation for people to check it out and then move on with life and not waste any more of their time. Joe, (laughs) what about you? All right. I, I think I got it for this one. I am going to uh, use the scale of like a movie that has some really great scenes, but in total maybe isn't great. And that is Kurt Russell's Deep Blue. Ooh. Deep Blue is, you got to see Deep Blue, but pretty much just for every Kurt Russell scene. That's about it. And I'm going to give Deep Blue a nine. Nine out of ten. Deep Blue is great. A forgotten gem. Uh, probably not politically great <laughs> these days, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I'm going to give Joe vs. the Volcano a seven and a half. Higher than Actually, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, keep building. Keep I, building think, on it. I think I got to give it a nine. <laughs> So I think because I could confidently tell anybody just to watch the first half hour and en- they'd enjoy it Well, even really 40 well. minutes, 45. 40 minutes, yeah. Or just like until – if they keep enjoying it, you know, keep watching yeah. it. I think it's a nine as well. 
And then I don't care if they see the rest of it. Mm. So, So yeah. nine to the first 40 minutes, the rest does not get a rating. The rest is unrateable. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. importantly, importantly, Jonathan. Uh, I, I think I'm in the same boat. So, because the first half no so pun much... No intended. Because <laughs> oh. uh, that first half so much reminds me of Brazil. Like, I want to... Like, if, if you could just take that in isolation and Brazil's like a nine or nine and a half, then I would give this like probably a seven and a half or eight. But if I'm comparing the whole movie, which I would <laughs> more... I would more closely compare to like Big Fish. Um, it's like a bunch of like tall tales with big characters. And I'd give Big Fish like a nine. Then I have to give this like... More like a six or maybe even a five, but probably closer to a six. Damn. This is one of those classic (laughs) Shut Up, I Love It episodes where the guest... The guest is like, I actually didn't like the movie that much. (laughs) (laughs) But we all get excited. Um, And you said you give it 7.5 if you were to rate just the first half. Uh, I said more more like an eight or eight and a half. Probably. We all keep building on it. Yeah. <laughs> it, so well, you think very... about the scenes and then you're like, oh, my God, like so, somebody. Yeah. I'm probably going to screen capture some of the scenes after this and send them to my fiance. Who is gone after you did that I Ching episode. <laughs> <laughs> she left once I did the I Ching and it affected our relationship negatively. Uh, please do, because uh, it sounds amazing to watch. You're this. talking like or the scene with the guy just like filling YouTube. bottles of lube, right? So good. All of that. Like, brilliant. The Stark Shadows, Jonathan, yeah. you know, thank you for coming back on Shut Up, I Love It. Um, Like, I don't know, kind of in a weird way, asking to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks for having me, despite me so strongly saying I didn't want to be here, but you really <laughs> twisted my arm and, uh, you know. So, good to see you. What's going on with you? How's your YouTube channel? What's, what's up? <laughs> uh, so I have uh, I have a, a noir-esque sketch in the can. It's private. I haven't clicked publish yet. I'm not really sure oh, what I'm waiting shit. for. So in the meantime, I've just been publishing like, uh, what's like, the, what's like the, the internet term? Like you poop type stuff? Where it's just like minute-long videos where I just take two things and mash them together. It's so, like the most recent thing was... Sounds like Joe versus Volcano. Kinda. <laughs> uh, like the most recent thing was um, the opening sequence to Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit but with the music of the transformation sequence from Sailor Moon, because Wallace is kind of like doing a transformation sequence into his... I love uh, it. <laughs> so wow. that kind of stuff's what I'm doing. <laughs> Robot Chicken kind of, almost. It was like, these two things, yeah. five seconds, we're done. Out, yeah. go. <laughs> Comedy. Contrast. Comedy. Put one yeah. and that the is, other together. That is very good. And you've got to... So people, if they subscribe right now, there's a, something in the pipeline ready to publish mm-hmm. a yes. noir... Any day now. Level, so. I think the only okay. thing I'm waiting on is I might I might re-render it with a like a film grain effect, just a little bit of yeah. polish on it. A little behind the scenes before you're even <laughs> in front of the scenes, people. <laughs> <laughs> Joe versus Joe. What is going on? Yo, check out JoeCabello.com. That's where you'll find everything, including my film review podcast, Beat It, as well as my comic mm. books. And uh, oh, you know what? I'll say this: my uh, novella, Technovirus. Techno-virus. I actually have. It's on my Patreon. Those chapters are public right now. So if they're you want to... Yeah, they're public. If you want to read it, you could go read it. And as a film noir connoisseur, Jonathan, you should. Just saying. I've written it down. Yeah, good. We're all... I we're saw all... that. <laughs> you looked down. It's not on my phone. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, you got a pen To do. Everything. Look this up. 
Alright, y'all. Thanks, Elizabeth Sully, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this track. And thank you for listening.